You're listening to Random Fit with hosts Wendy Batts and Ken Miller, winner of a Gold Markham Award for Digital Media. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of Random Fit. I am Wendy Batts here with my co-host, Mr. Ken Miller. Ken, how are you today? I am awesome, Wendy. Good to see you. Good to see you as well. Um, I'm, I know I say this, I feel like every single week, but this one hits home because I know you and I were talking on the phone and I'm like, oh my gosh, Ken, I am miserably sore because I thought, you know what? I am just like everyone else. It was a brand new year. So I was going to do completely new things. And I was absolutely miserable for a week after I started my program, which actually helped me realize what my clients go through because I had not pushed myself to different limits like I started the year um, doing. And so it kind of uh, sparked the interest about addressing a sore, meaning sore muscles, and the topic behind why that happens. Yeah, and I, I'll I'll tell you what, um, as you did that, um, I was actually doing a new drill uh, for, for class and um, it took me a while to figure it out. It's like, why is my, why is my rib cage short? Cause I don't remember doing sit-ups. I don't remember doing, you know, V-ups or anything like that. But then I realized it's like, oh, it was that whatever, five minutes I was doing this drill and I was just, it had, it, it took me a moment to kind of walk back a little bit and rec- recollect what, what it was that I did. So it wasn't even that much that got me feeling it the next day myself. So I'm just glad I didn't feel it like you did for that whole week, but it's, <laughs> but it, it just made, you know, it's just one of those things where like, Oh, okay. I actually got more work done than I realized. Yes. Well, it just shows that us as trainers are human too. And, you know, it actually kind of made us dive in a little bit more to really think about, you know, why do people get sore? And I think this is a, you know, it's obviously a really good time to launch this this particular episode because with everyone starting their new year's resolutions a lot of times people are really trying to get into the gym and then at that point it's more of like okay if you are sore why first of all what is it that you did like you had to kind of you know reminisce and think about the the new technique that you did but then what do you do about it and those are going to be three of the main topics that we address because they're all very very important so if you are sore you you know, that's a, that, that's not necessarily a bad thing. If you're sore for longer than 72 hours, it's not necessarily a good thing. You know, however, I think a lot of times when people start a workout, they feel like every single time they work out, if they're not sore, then that workout was not good for them. And I don't know if you get that. I hear that all the time, Ken, from my clients. Yeah, it's, it is, and it is an educational process, right? We really have to let them know that, you know, it is a part of the process. It is natural. It is going to happen, but there are ways of managing how it happens to you. Right. And that's, that's part of what we do as, as personal trainers is educating people about what their body is about to go through. Right. And, you know, and the thing is, is when, when you're working out, and you're doing, let's say, you know, a leg exercise and you feel that intense burning during the actual exercise, there's a name for that. And it's acute muscle soreness. You're getting that because you're doing it right then and there. And basically at that point, it's a quick buildup of metabolites that is because you're doing an intense exercise. And so, you know, the thing is, as soon as you stop it, that, that, you know, feeling that you're getting usually, you know, disappears or you might feel a little soreness for just like a couple more seconds after you've completed it. 
And that doesn't mean that, you know, the next day when you wake up, you're going to be miserable. And, you know, there's something called um, DOMS or delayed onset of muscle soreness. And, you know, Ken, I know that we're going to spend some time, you know, talking about that, but that's what the soreness is when you wake up the next day or usually right. two right. days later, depending on what it is. And then, you know, you've got the tenderness to touch in your different body parts. You know, you feel like your range of motion. Like I know, like when I did arms really heavy, I was trying to wash my hair and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. Um, you know, so you feel stiff and like your joints aren't moving very well. And like, you're like, oh my goodness, this is swollen. Is it red? You know, but then sometimes you just feel really fatigued and, you know, then you want to take a step back and really look at the program. Doesn't mean it's bad. It just means, was it too much too soon? Right. And, you know, whenever I take on a new client, it, it is one of those situations where I, if I work with them on Monday, I'll give them a follow up call or a text message the next day or maybe even that Wednesday, a couple of days later, just to check in and see how they feel. Because the last thing I want to do is if it's a once a week client, you know, wait till the very next week for them to moan and groan about how sore they were and how they didn't feel good or how they didn't go down the stairs, you know, as, as comfortably as they usually do. And that actually brings me to a, a story. My, one of my neighbors who I do train, um, as you know, Wendy, when I do take on a new client, I will have them do an overhead squat just to watch for movement efficiency and to identify areas that need a little help with both flexibility and strength, as we all know through our training model. But she told me, and again, I, we were both on our porches and I saw her, Hey, how you feeling after yesterday? She's like, I could not get up off of my toilet. Right. <laughs> he sat down. She's like, my leg was sore. My legs were sore and I just could not stand up. What did we do yesterday? And I just said, all we did was the assessment. And that's, <laughs> and it was, and it was an overhead squat. She squatted. She got her tan, you know, gave me enough information to go from there. I had her do a little single leg squat. She got about five reps before, you know, I, I thought that balance was an issue. And that was it. And we went over a couple exercises, but more like stretching, flexibility and things like that. And she was sore for the next three days. So it, it, it was something that I had to remind her that you did do something that was new and novel to you right? Because all she does is goes up, goes up her stairs, goes in the bed, goes, walks her dog. But for her to actually squat to the depth that she was told to do or what she was able to do, that was enough to do all the things that you mentioned. She was sore to the touch. She, if you ask her, she said she was disabled, right? She was debilitated. And I, and she goes, what did we do? And I had to remind her that we did do something, even if it wasn't quote unquote, a leg exercise, right? Mm -hmm. But this is where, like you said, Wendy, 24, 48, 72 hours later, sometimes if it hits you that much later, you kind of have to go through that walk in your mind. What did I do? I didn't do much. I don't remember doing this or doing that. Or it's like, but that was a while ago, right? So when you are sore like that, that delayed onset muscle soreness is something that you kind of have to figure Okay, two days from now, a day from now, I may not be feeling the best, 
Right. And and today on Random Fit, myself, Wendy Batts and Ken Miller are talking about addressing a sore subject. And, you know, we've talked about DOMS, which is the delayed onset of muscle soreness that people feel like usually the next day or the day after. And then, of course, you know, the acute muscle soreness that you're feeling during the exercise, that burning sensation where you're like, I've got to keep going. And, you know, some people love that. Um, I know if I'm doing legs, I feel like if I get to that point that it's perfect. I know it's a mental thing. And, you know, some people want to stop before that. But again, it just depends on how, you know, how you are in the gym and what, what you're trying to accomplish. But, you know, I think when we're really trying to address soreness, the first thing is let's talk about why people get sore. A, if you haven't really been moving and you're starting a brand new workout and you're introducing yourself to something where it's going to require you to go in the gym and actually focus on a program or a workout of that day and you haven't been doing that, you know, time, time will cause people to be sore. Second part of that is, you know, different exercises, brand new exercises. And that's what's happening to, or what happened to me when I started. I started changing up the way that I was doing my typical workout. I was actually lifting different, um, you know, using different types of equipment that I normally wouldn't use because I got really comfortable with cables and free weights. And so I started kind of changing it up a little bit. But then after I got done with my workout, I went and did some cardio that I normally do not do. And I have not done in three years because I hate it. I absolutely hate it. And that is running. I, it, you know, it was a beautiful day outside. I'm yeah. like, you know what? I'm just going to go for three miles. I can do this. I mean, I used to do a half marathon every single year. Like, so what's three miles in comparison to 13.1? I ran three miles. Of course, in my head, I had to keep a certain pace. So I pushed myself, even though I felt like I was going to die. Mind you, I literally was like, I don't know why I'm doing this to myself. And then literally two days later, I'm like, I can barely walk down my stairs without holding on to the rail, praying that I don't slip and fall. So, you know, it was something new. People that haven't been exercising, that's another one. And another big one, too, is, you know, when when especially if you're using the NASM OPT model, which is what we really talk about often and having different phases in your workout. In the very beginning, when we're working on foundational movement patterns and trying to get you realigned, we're focusing on muscles that are usually underactive and weak. And so we, we stress a very slow tempo. And so when we're like, let's say doing a squat, we're going to have you go down very slow, controlled movements, and then you're going to come up and squeeze for like, you know, one second. So if I were to tell you to go down for three to four seconds, pause at the bottom of that, and then come up and do that 12 to 20 times, that eccentric loading on the way down is really putting time under tension on that muscle that maybe you haven't done in a while. So your, your tempos can play a, a very big role. But moving slowly to make sure that the movement that you're doing is intentional and done correctly is so important. So when you go and lift heavier loads at a faster pace, your body, your stabilizers, your joints, everything's moving in harmony the way that it was meant to. But because you're putting a, a, a very big stress on the muscle, even if you're not lifting a lot of load, but you're using just body weight, think about how much you weigh. And I think sometimes we take that for granted. Like, well, I didn't load a bar on my back and do squats. I just did to your point with your client, you just had her just move into squat position or in a squat patterning so you can see how she moved. And that was something new to her that she had done, which will cause that soreness to occur. Right. And and those are three awesome points, Wendy, because just with that last one alone and, and the focus on that eccentric loading, and this is one of those things that if you're, you know, somebody who's an avid exerciser, somebody who is knowledgeable about exercise, but 
you've only changed it up so much. And tempo is usually one of the acute variables that just doesn't get changed up. So a lot of people are either, you know, down and up, down and up, or they're trying to do something explosive, but very rarely do exercisers or avid exercisers um, take the opportunity to, to go slow and to try something as far as, you know, slowing it down on that loading. So if you're in the push-up position and you're lowering your, your chest to the floor and taking about that three to four seconds as you're talking about, Wendy, that's enough. I mean, you can do the same rep range, same amount of reps, same amount of sets, but as you're lowering yourself, that's the one thing that you change. That's different enough to stimulate the muscles and the nerves to say, hey, this is new, this is novel, and we have to change, right? We have to basically adapt to this new, this new environment, and that is a slower speed. So as you have experienced exercisers or even athletes who are used to, you know, 400 plus pounds bench presses, you know, 500 pound squats, but you have them change their tempo. And that's enough to say, hey, I felt like, you know, I haven't felt in a long time because, you know, that's not something that they're that they're used to. And that is enough to tell the brain and the body, hey, you're not good at this. We have to change. And I'm going to let you know that you did a little bit of work. And oftentimes with with the athletes, like you're saying, that can lift really heavy loads and they're used to doing the bench presses because, you know, you always want to know what do you bench? What can you squat? What can you deadlift? Like, you know, those are the common questions that you're going to hear a lot of times with professional athletes, you know, that are working on that with their strength coaches. My big thing when they come to me is like, well, okay. I want to take all of that load off and I want to see to your point, can you move slower? Can you move more efficiently? Are you firing your glutes and keeping your abs in tight while you're doing it? You know, do you have any kind of winging if you're doing a pushup? And it is a, you know, a big wake up call to these guys, because often if I have them do that and it's something to your point, completely different, or if I say, okay, you know what, we're not going to load a bar. We're not going to do a squat. I want to see, can you do you know, a, a very slow single leg squat, keeping your balance, utilizing your core and seeing what your arch strength is in your foot. I'm going to see if you can handle that. So therefore, when I do load you in the bar, I know that you are, you know, using the right muscle at the right time and, and, and truly firing that prime mover the way that it was intended. And often they can't do it. And we saw this with um, a tennis team we just worked with. These are, you know, collegiate athletes that are amazing at their sport. However, them standing on one leg trying to do a single leg squat, they couldn't do it or they couldn't do it well. They weren't efficient at it. They were feeling their foot burning. People were like, oh, my goodness, I feel my my glutes are burning just by doing something as simple as that. So, you know, maybe when we say change it up, it's not necessarily load it to change it, you know, to lift more weight. It's like, can you control what you already have? But, you know, that brings me to a question, Ken, because I would be very interested to see how do you answer this with your clients? You know. Is it okay to be sore? <laughs> it depends on the soreness, right? So as we always say, I mean, I don't know how many times we say it in a podcast, right? It depends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so my first thing is, where are you sore, right? So if you're feeling it in the shoulder, in the knee, in, you know, basically in the joints, if I feel this in my hips, I'm going to ask a, another line of questions, right? But if they're pointing at the the belly of the muscle, right? If they're pointing at their quads, they're pointing at their bicep, they're pointing at their pecs or their lats, then I'll say, 
yeah, it's okay. It just depends on where you're feeling sore. I just want to make sure we're we're challenging uh, the muscles and not putting excessive stress on the joints. And that's where that that line of questioning of okay, well, right? It depends. Where is it? And how and is it something that's debilitating? Is it affecting movement, right? Or is it something like, yeah, when I'm in this position, I I kind of feel it a little bit. So, so the answer to that one, as I tell basically all of my clients, is it depends. Where is it, and how intense is it? So, um, but in the context of a new exerciser, I, I'll just say, hey, you might be sore tomorrow, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't want to make that assumption for everybody because there's people I've taken through you know, just a, a kick butt workout, but they don't feel a thing. They feel great, you know, so you can't make that assumption that whether all those points you brought up, Wendy, they, 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 they added some variety. They did the eccentric, um, they did a new movement and it's like, oh man, you're going to feel it tomorrow. I can't really say that. I, I probably write about 90% of the time on when, right. when and where somebody's going to feel it. But there are those, you know, those outliers that they're like, oh, I feel good. Right. But, you know, it depends is usually the the go to on that one. But again, it's it's an opener for conversation when it comes to that topic of soreness. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's you know, as a fitness professional, I, I'm the same way. I ask those same questions. You know, where do you feel it? You know, was there something that you felt like when, you know, as a specific exercise that you didn't feel comfortable doing, but, and you knew it was challenging. And if it's in the muscle, I'm like, Hey, that's fair game. If it's in the joint, then obviously we need to take a step back. It was either too much, too heavy. And, you know, we want to make sure that we stress don't do too much too soon. And, you know, I think, you know, with the model and the way that we work with our clients, Ken, I know you're the same way. Um, we start light and then work our way up. We challenge like, you know, starting at basics just to make sure the foundational movement patterns are there. And then we start to become more creative in our exercise selection, as well as our tempos and then the weights that we occur, you know, that we use. However, if someone's absolutely miserable and their joints hurt and they're miserable, then taking some time off is okay because we don't want it to lead to injury. If somebody's feeling something in their shoulder and they're not comfortable and they, you're like, you know what? I want to take a couple of days off. That's fine. But I think it's very important to stress some of the facts that we're going to go over next, which is if you're sore, what do you do about it? And I think the number one thing I have seen and I did for myself and I tell my clients to do is move. The worst thing that ends up happening is people get so sore and then they sit down and they become sedentary and that soreness just seeps in more and more. And then it, their body isn't moving and, you know, movement is medicine. I say that all the time. I will say that probably until the day I die. Um, but, you know, sometimes that can actually help alleviate some of that soreness. And it doesn't mean, you know, I always tell people to maybe mimic some of the patterns that made you sore. Use those exact same muscles that we did, you know, that we did when you were, let's say, if somebody was doing a squat or a lunge, I'll tell them to go for a walk because the prime movers for those, again, we're thinking about quads and glutes. It doesn't have to be that. Or maybe just do 10 air squats at home, nice and slow. Try to just get through the soreness and move because then the range of motion starts to come back and it gets some of that soreness out of the muscles. Yep. Uh, I agree with you 100% on that one. And you're listening to us here on Random Fit with both Wendy Batts and I, Ken Miller, and we are addressing a sore subject, talking about muscle soreness. So, Wendy, 
you know, with, with what you just said there, and one of the things I picture, you know, having worked with tennis players before, you know, because of that lateral movement, very strong, you know, managing the court, um, you know, an adductor stretch or, you know, just doing some kind of modified, maybe a dynamic uh, warm-up routine, like say a side shuffle with big giant arm swings. And that way, you know, we get them moving in that frontal plane, but nothing beats the simplicity of going out there for a walk, just getting some blood flow and just, you know, if they're, if, if we've done our job, we've taught them about posture. We've talked about, uh, you know, engagement of the midsection. So if they go for a walk, their heads tall, shoulders are back, abdominals are engaged and they're swinging their arms. They're taking good, healthy, even strides on that walk. You know, it, it helps get the blood flowing, right? Cause that's all we really want. We want the heart and lungs to pump blood to the extremities, and if you're sore in your biceps or your legs or your calves, whatever the situation may be, nothing gets those guys recovered faster than getting good, solid blood flow. You're breathing in fresh air if you're outside, and for the most part, you're getting oxygen into, nutrients into uh, the, the rest of the body, and then you're flushing out everything that's, you know, that's been damaged and the body's trying to get rid of. So going for a walk is something as simple as that. If everybody did that when they were sore and, and in addition to what you talked about, Wendy, mimic the same motions, go through the same motions, full available pain-free range of motion um, of what you just did for that workout. And your recovery is going to be cut down significantly. Right. Yes. Yes. And you know, you kind of, you touched on it, you know, it is all about, um, you know, warming up correctly too. And so I know, you know, right. when, when my clients come into the gym, I, you know, have them use a foam roller or I may run the percussion device over them or they'll run it over themselves. We do some static mm -hmm. stretching and muscles that we know need it. And then we do some dynamic warmups before we actually get into, to the workout. So really taking time to properly warm up your body. If you're sore and you're going to go for a walk, taking time and, and, you know, we always say when you're, when you're rolling, if there's something uncomfortable, you hold it until that, that soreness kind of dissipates and then you move forward and, you know, don't, don't roll on the roller faster at that point, just nice and slow, you know, that's going to do the same thing. It's going to get better blood flow. It's going to help reoxygenate the tissue. It's going to downregulate some of that overactive muscle that may be holding on for dear life. The static stretches are going to increase your range of motion to help get you, you know, that range of motion back. Um, you know, I think we sometimes take our warmups for granted. And then we know most people take the cool down for granted because they're like, right. okay, I only have an hour. I, you know, I got to go. They peace out. They just did a workout. They get in their car and then they sit down because they have to go back to work or whatever. And, and they didn't really try to reestablish that length that they need back into the muscles and the tissues which then is going to lead to more soreness later. So, right. you know, I'm a huge, huge fan of, you know, sitting down at night using per percussion devices on myself. I tell my clients to do the same thing. If they don't have that, I know they own foam rollers because that is a must when they work with me. So just, I tell them, get on the roller as much as it hurts. It's going to feel so much better. You know, just give yourself 10 minutes on the floor. Try to do that. And you're going to feel yeah. so yeah. much better. And I always get the text. I hate to say it, but you were right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. It's better than hearing. I told you so. Uh, <laughs> but I, I want to say the, you know, when we're talking about the the warm up and the workout and you're talking about cool down, 
um, that's one of the things that um, that you'll see. So again, Wendy, as you know, when we travel, we try to go to you know the local gym. If not, if it's not the account that we're working with, we'll actually go to the facility and and get a workout in. You know, as soon as we land, get some blood flowing, recover from the flight, however the flight may be. But I like to watch. I like to watch what the trainers do. I like to watch what the the members are doing. But what you'll often see, 98% of the time is they'll get off a piece of machinery, they'll go to the locker room, gather their things, and they're walking out the door. And when we talk about the workout, we need to budget in the time for the bookends of the workout, which is your warm up and your cool down. So just like you don't have clients work out until they've done their mobility work, right, which entails some kind of self myofascial technique, whether you're using the, you know, the roller or percussion or, you know, whatever it is that is on deck for that day uh, before their workout. But at the end of the workout, we have to budget in that five, 10 minutes, whatever the goal may be to, again, self myofascial technique, some kind of static stretch, get the body back to its normal everyday levels, bring it back down to homeostasis. And then they can go into the car and then they can drive for however long and get whatever they need to eat. So it is a matter of budgeting your time. And, you know, when it comes to what most people do, they don't do that. They just they're they're focused on, OK, I'm going to get my abs in. I'm going to do my cardio and or weight training and then I'm going to go on to my next thing. But we need to budget in that cool down time, because as soon as we can get the body to calm down after the intensity of the exercise, that's when recovery starts and the recovery process is going to be enhanced or degraded based on the quality of your cool down. So if you don't do anything to warm down or cool down, your body is going to go back to what it knows to do, which is protect the area that you just stretched out, which or you, that you just worked out. Right. So if I did a heavy push day, it wants to now protect my shoulders, right? Because if it's tight, it's damaged, it doesn't want to do too much, right? Which is why we get that heavy, tight feeling. But if I take the time to take the hypervolt or the Viper, whatever it may be, um, to, to get some relaxation, then I can get that stretch, right? That static stretch. And then I can go on with my day. Now I facilitated the process to get oxygen and nutrients to that area so it can recover better. And you'll you'll notice that if you do a new exercise routine, you know, if you were to have a, you know, upper body versus lower body day and the upper body day, you did the recovery, the cool down or the warm down, but the lower body, you didn't. You're going to notice a big difference between how you feel the next 24, 48, 72 hours after that. Well, and I think too, you know, one thing that we, we often take for granted and we skip over, but I know I just talked to my 85 year old aunt who yes, still works out all the time. She's going to dance classes. And I know I've talked about her before, but she is amazing and probably more active than many of um, the people, even my age, which I think is one of the reasons she can attribute to, to still being able to drive and do all the things that she does. Um, you know, I told her she was sore after something and called me today. And she's like, what do you think I should do? And again, she, she rolls, she stretches, she does her workouts. I mean, she's very good with that. And I'm like, you know what, why don't you just take a, you know, a hot bath, like, an, you know, add some Epsom salts in there and just get your body to relax. And she's like, oh my gosh, like I have that. I never do it. And, um, and 
I know that's going to make her feel better. And, you know, sometimes just, you know, the heat and relaxing, if you've got access to recovery boots, recovery boots are amazing, especially, you know, for the lower extremities. I know they have recovery, you know, arms and hips and stuff. So there are different, um, different types of devices and equipment that you can buy that will do the same thing, heat or, you know, percussion and vibration, which we know helps kind of flush that out. But also think about what you're drinking. I mean, you know, you have to drink, you know, water and and try to flush some of those toxins out. And if you want to drink sports drinks, think about the low sugar type sports drinks. That's really important, you know, because, you know, you want to think about you need the electrolytes, but that's also going to help because it contains potassium as well as sodium. And that can help prevent, um, you know, muscle cramping, you know, and getting yourself in some of these different positions. So you know, just because you worked out doesn't mean you need to go and drink all of this like high sugar drinks. And, and because it says on the label that this is going to help prevent it. I mean, even chocolate milk has been shown to be great after, you know, somebody does, let's say a marathon or half marathon. They're like, Hey, you want chocolate milk? I'm like, no, I want a beer because I just finished this. Like, I'm going to be very honest with you. Um, but I know that's not the right move, you know, like, so, so really thinking about your nutrition, you know, Protein is going to help to repair muscle soreness, um, you know, because basically every time you work out, you're actually tearing your muscle. And then as it's rebuilding itself, it's going to grow back to be stronger and bigger. And that's how we start to see the changes. And so the reason we feel sore is because there are micro tears. I'm not saying it's tearing apart. They're just little micro tears that, you know, that they need to heal and you want to make sure that you're doing things correctly. So therefore you don't end up getting, you know, adhesed and locked down and, <laughs> All, yeah. All the things that could be bad for you. <laughs> yeah. I think with, with, when it comes to muscles and, and all the, the changes that the body's going through, I think what we really have to remember is that it's a protective mechanism that that's happening to our bodies, right? The body doesn't like to encounter stress. It's not able to handle. So over time, what the body is thinking, it's like, well, if this happens to us again, I want to be better prepared for this to happen to me, if it should, when it should happen to me the next time. And that's where it's like, okay, this isn't working for us because we struggled. So let's, let's tear down, build back better. Right. And then what we're going to do is be in a better position to do those 15 reps, 20 reps, or hundred pounds, 150 pounds, 200 pounds. So that's all we're really Try, that's all our body is trying to do. So we have to give the body the building blocks, as you said. So you have protein, uh, hydration, essential amino acids, everything that the body needs, the muscles need to recover better the next time. And that's 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 all our body's trying to tell us is like, okay, we got our we got our tails handed to us that last time. So let's uh, let's try and be a little bit stronger when we do this again. And you got it. You got to give the body what it needs to do the job it's trying to do. Absolutely. And I think, you know, kind of as a recap, I mean, guys, remember, as you're working out, it's going it, to, you're probably going to feel something when you're doing the exercise. If not, it's probably too light. You know, you can increase the weight. Think about tempo. Tempo is going to be extremely important. Really focus on, you know, the lengthening portion of it or the eccentric contractions, um, you know, of, of the actual movement that you're trying to do. But really, really make sure that, you know, you do a really good warm up that, you know, that if you're sore, you keep moving, you know, recover. Um, one of the best things to do again is, is your cool down. So rolling and stretching, you know, if you need to take a, a warm, you know, salt bath, that's going to help to, 
Um, there are, you know, things like Arnica that you can put on. It's all natural, like creams, if you want to do all that madness or, you know, some people are like, oh, I just pop pain relievers. I, I don't do that, but, but, you know, whatever it is that you need to do, but then also to think about split routines, like maybe if you were super sore doing a full body, maybe just focus on upper body one day and lower body one day, and then start to combine some of the different exercises that, that you're doing. But I think the biggest takeaway too is that muscle soreness is going to occur and it is normal if it's anywhere between 24 and 72 hours. So if you're within that time frame, that's okay. You know, like meaning that you challenge the body, like Ken just said, you know, it was protecting it, but you've got to show it that it's, that you're caring for it. So you want to be smart in what you're doing to try to get rid of that soreness. If you can't do activities of daily living, it's over 72 hours. It was too much. So take a day to recover, do, you know, do some stretching and rolling and everything, get your body back into a good, good position and at a good place. Start again. Don't stop. That's why we see all of the changes happen at the gym by March. Everyone's not going any longer. They, you know, tortured themselves and were sore all of January, February. They were, they were feeling better getting it done. March happens. They're starting the bathing suit season and then people disappear. So I think, you know, all in all, just realize that, it, it you know, being sore, not the, not the end of the world. It happens right. to the best of us, even if you still do stuff all the time. But just be smart and think about how long and why and then just move. Keep moving. Yeah, yeah. All good points. And uh, I'll just add in my takeaways from this is the fact that, hey, you know what? Recovery is as simple as going for a walk, right? exercise posture or keep posture in mind go for a walk get some air move get some blood flowing and that's a part of the recovery process so like you said wendy if it's on day two day three and you're a little sore you know the, the one thing i have to question is okay are you doing what you can to help the body flush out all the bad stuff that you're trying to get rid of and to facilitate delivering the good stuff that the body's the body needs so going for a walk something as simple as that um, is a part of the recovery process. Doesn't have to be a whole detailed thing. If you have the budget for it, get the tools. Do the things that you know make you feel good. That that has been proven to make you feel good. But it's as free as going out for a walk, right? It yeah. just doesn't doesn't have to cost a thing, right? Just <laughs> go outside, right? It's what we tell everybody. Yes. Well, thank you for, you know, like humoring me when I was like, let's talk about being sore and addressing a sore topic. You're like, all right. You know, that's one of the reasons sure. I love doing this with you, Ken, because you're just usually all gung ho. You got an idea. Well, let's do it. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's actually I'm surprised we haven't done that sooner. <laughs> all right. So for everybody listening to us here on Randafit with both Wendy Bats and I, Ken Miller and us just covering a sore topic, right? So if you like what we talked about today, like, follow, subscribe, download, share all of the good stuff, but always, always, always let us know if there's something that would interest you when it comes to your random fit library, right? Because there's no better place to store random fitness information than in our collective heads, but that's what we want to share with you on our show. So until next time, everybody take care and be well.